Last week when I first sat down to begin to work on this sermon, my husband Joel walked into my office and said, when are you preaching? And I said, next Wednesday. He said, this is a long time before that for you to start. You must be a little nervous about it. He would be accurate. And I did spend time doing those things that I was reminded of in this seminary environment that we're supposed to do when we preach. I even went to the library and read some journal articles. I looked up and reached outside of my favorite commentaries and read a, new, a few new ones. I thought, this is my chance, my first Wednesday sermon as a faculty member. I need to do it right. I even thought about the word pericope and looked up what is missing in the Old Testament. I have to tell you, I've not used the word pericope in my regular vocabulary since I was a seminarian. And all of this was working around in my heart and my soul and my head, and I took a call earlier this week on Monday from my closest friend from seminary, somebody I'm still very, very close to after 20 years. After checking in about our families and other things, we talked about what we were doing for Lent. And she told me that she's reading this great little book called The Spirituality of Imperfection. And she said, you should get it. You'll get through it two or three times during Lent. It's just really, really good. So I did. I ordered it on my Kindle and thought, oh, I'll read a few chapters tonight. I started it. And I got up the next morning, did my prayer time, sat down to work on this sermon, and really wanted to yell at God. Because the sermon that was in my heart and in my prayers had nothing to do with any of the research I spent last week doing. Instead, it was this little book was the catalyst. I began to think about the image of the potter, this idea of being broken down, something that falls in on itself and then is reformed, something that some people would choose to throw away. But God is the potter who takes that clay and makes it again into something beautiful. I also began to think a lot about the mother in the gospel stories. She is so much like so many of the parents of the children I taught at many, many schools. She only wants what's best for her sons, and she's willing to ask for it. Please, Jesus, let them sit on your right hand and your left hand. And then... I begin to think about the work of Brene Brown. Now, some of you are sitting in your seats thinking, yes, Brene Brown, because you love her. Others are sitting there thinking, who is she and what does she have to do with this sermon? Brene Brown is a social worker, a clinical social worker and a researcher who's on faculty at the University of Houston. And for the last 15 years, she has spent her time researching connection and disconnection between people, vulnerability and shame, the things that help us come together and those that keep us apart. 
Now, not only is her topic interesting to me, but as a qualitative researcher, she is an exceptional scholar. She's one of the leading voices in using a theory called grounded theory. Instead of testing ideas as a researcher, she interviews people, listens to their stories, and draws conclusions about people's experiences based on lots of different stories. Now, we're not talking 10 or 15 or 25 or 200 interviews. At this point, Brene Brown has interviewed over 20,000 people that have contributed to her research. And in the midst of this, several things have emerged. But one of the most important to me is the distinction she heard from people about healthy striving versus perfectionism. She said that those people that were able to talk about striving for what they want or they are the best, is the best, are were internally motivated. Those people who identified themselves as perfectionists and had those tendencies were very externally motivated. From her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, Perfectionism is not the same thing as striving to be your best. Perfectionism is not about healthy achievement and growth. Perfectionism is the belief that if we live perfect, look perfect, and act perfect, we can minimize or, and, or avoid the pain of blame, judgment, and shame. It's a shield. Perfectionism is the 20-ton shield that we lug around thinking it will protect us when in fact it's the thing that's really preventing us from taking flight. The mother in the gospel story doesn't ask that her, heart's son, that her son's hearts be filled with love, doesn't ask Jesus to teach them, doesn't ask Jesus how they can serve God. Instead, she asks if they can sit on his right hand and his left hand. An external validation of their place in the community. She, I believe, is living into this image of perfectionism that Brene Brown talks about. And yet there's a different feel completely to the Old Testament reading. That God, using the image of the potter, recognizing and reminding us that we will collapse in on ourselves sometimes, but that if we are willing... God will reform us. One is about looking for external validation, and the other is about being open to formation. I've always loved Lent because I'm someone that needs to be reminded that I am merely human, and I believe that Lent for me each year reminds me that it is God's job to be God, and it is my job to be human. 
It is a time in which the wisdom of the church over centuries has come together to remind us that we are broken, all of us in some way. We have broken relationship with ourselves, with each other, and with God. And the church offers us this time to heal, to repent, to seek reconciliation. The question for me, the question for me in my own life at this point is will I allow my Lenten discipline to be guided by the deep yearning that is within me? Will it be a striving for excellence, not a striving for perfection? Or will I move through Lent worried about what other people will think, wondering if people will be upset because there's no exegesis in this sermon, thinking about how I dress or if I look ready for anything. Back to that little book my friend recommended. The full title is The Spirituality of Imperfection, Storytelling in the Search for Meaning. It's by Ernst Kirst and Catherine Ketchum. I'll end with this quote. To deny imperfection is to disown oneself, for to be human is to be imperfect. Spirituality, which is rooted in and revealed by uncertainties, inadequacies, helplessness, and the lack and the failure of control, supplies a context and suggests a way of living in which our imperfections can be endured. Spiritual sensibilities begin to flower when the soil is fertilized with the understanding that something is awry. After all, there is something wrong with all of us. May this season of Lent and this stressful week of midterms be a time in which you look inward for what God is calling you to strive for. Amen.